Before we get started with today's episode, I just have to say as a disclaimer that none of what I say in this podcast is actual advice. If you really feel like you have a mental health disorder or are dealing with anything personally, please seek out professional help. And again, none of what I say in this podcast is actual advice. So thank you guys, and let's get started with today's episode. Actually, just one more thing before we get started is if you guys enjoy the Sum of Life podcast and this show and the content that is produced here, please head over to Apple Podcasts, either on your phone or laptop, and give this show, Sum of Life, a five-star rating and review. It helps the show tremendously and helps to reach more listeners. So thank you guys, and now we can get started. Hello and welcome to the Sum of Life podcast. I'm your host, Liam Scully. In today's episode, I had Terry McDougall on with me to discuss coaching and a little bit about counseling. Mainly, we talked about the differences between coaching and counseling, and also just generally covering what coaching is and what executive coaching is. I say in the interview that I really did not have much knowledge about coaching prior to this, and I do see a lot of coaching advertisements and a lot of coaches on social media and everything. So I was very curious as to what the field does and what it looks like. And it seems similar to counseling in the aspect of doing individual sessions and group sessions, but strategies and the goals are different, and it's pretty goal-oriented, I discovered. But for more information about Terry, you can go to her website at terrybmcdougall.com. I'll leave that link in the description below. It was great to have her on the podcast to discuss these topics around coaching, and I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode, and I'll talk to you guys next time. All right, so I have uh, Terry McDougall here with me today. We're going to be talking a lot about coaching, uh, also the difference between coaching and counseling at some point, but Terry, thank you so much for coming on. If you want to introduce yourself, that would be great for our listeners. Thanks again. Yeah. Yeah, Liam, thanks for having me. Um, I'm Terry McDougall. I'm the CEO of Terry B. McDougall Coaching. I'm an executive and career coach, and I work with high achieving professionals who are successful but not satisfied to help them increase the overlap between their professional success and their personal happiness. Great. Uh, and that was uh, going to be one of my first questions, actually, which um, how, how would you define success? or someone who is successful? Well, that's that's the $64,000 question. <laughs> I really think success is what each individual believes success is. I think that one of the classic mistakes that people make is trying to buy into somebody else's definition of success. And I think that a lot of people that are, you know, successful, quote unquote, successful, but not satisfied, you know, I, I use that label as when you look at these people on the outside, they seem to be quote unquote successful, right? They are making a lot of money, working for a good company, have a good title. They've got all the external trappings of success, but when they come to me and sort of, you know, open up the kimono, if you will, you know, I, I find out that, you know, despite all of this external you know, trappings of success that they don't feel very happy. And mm -hmm. um, I know for a lot of people, they will tell themselves like, oh, well, you know, when I get that next promotion or when I get that next raise or when I get that next job, I'll be happy. 
and then they get it and they're not. And, you know, the reason why I think that is, is because they haven't really stopped to say, you know, what do I want? You know, what do I truly want? And it takes some courage to, to like be introspective and really get to know yourself and think about like, what would make me happy? What are my goals? What are my values? And, you know, how do I design my life and my career so that I'm honoring those things that are important to me? Yeah. And uh, actually, um, this might be a little off topic, but do you think that uh, part of the problem comes from social media nowadays with uh, especially like through Instagram, people posting like how quote unquote successful they are with Mm -hmm. their uh, nice cars, nice houses and millions of followers? Do you think that gets into people's minds a little bit too much? Yeah, I definitely think that it can. Um, you know, I I kind of came of age before the internet and before social media, and there have always been, you know, these external reflections of what quote unquote success looked like, you know, because before Instagram, it was just, it was TV, it was magazines, you know, it was, you know, even people talking, seeing somebody, you know, with a fancy car, a nice house, you know, I mean, it's just human nature, I think, to compare ourselves to other people and to, you know, want nice things, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but I think that the thing to realize is that just because somebody is presenting an image, whether it's online or in person or on television or whatever, that does, you know, we don't really know what their life is like, you know, inside. And a lot of times people use external trappings to sort of comfort themselves yeah. you know, or, or to seek what they think is going to make them happy. I mean, it's actually addiction is what that is. Yeah, um, no, I completely agree. Yeah. And uh, the type of people that you work with, do you, would you say most of them are aligned with uh, corporations or do you work with like smaller uh, businesses as well? to help uh, coach people? Yeah, I work with, um, I I mean, I would say the majority of my clients are in, you know, corporations or employees, but I do work with business owners too. And honestly, you know, it's funny because I've been on podcasts that are, are focused on entrepreneurs and the challenges are really, really similar, you Mm -hmm. know, because I think that somebody, you know, if they have a business, they can be comparing themselves to, you know, friends or competitors. And it's kind of the same thing as somebody in a corporate environment, you know, looking up the ladder and seeing the person, you know, the next rung up and and being envious or wondering, like, how they get there, right? I I mean, it's just human nature. It's not, I don't think it's really defined by what we do for a living, quite frankly. Yeah, I was going to ask that, but you kind of answered it. I was going to ask what the differences are, really, if there are any between working with a small business and a corporation. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fairly new to executive coaching, uh, so I don't know much about it. Could you actually just, I mean, we could just go over generally, but and get into mm-hmm. uh, more specifics, I guess, once we uh, start talking a little bit more, but um, the difference between like coaching and counseling? Yeah, well, coaching really is helping people get clarity on their goals and developing a plan to get there and then working with them to take those action steps to move towards um, the goal. It's pretty, pretty basic. And, you know, it's kind of funny because um, 
you know, it's probably not that much different than, you know, if you were a tennis player and you hired a, a tennis coach or, a, you know, if you're a golfer and you hired somebody to help you with your swing, you, you have, you know, maybe you've tried something, it's not working, right? You're playing tennis and you keep hitting, you know, the ball out of, out of the court or whatever, and you hire somebody to um, help you figure out, okay, what do you want to happen? Okay, they want to get better at tennis, right? And so they're going to observe them and see what the the issues seem to be, and then come up with a game plan to, for how to address that, and then get them to practice it. Same thing in um, executive coaching. When I'm working with people, typically they've, you know, they're running into some obstacles at work. They're not being a, as effective as they'd like to be at work, and you know, there's a lot of different symptoms that could come up. It could be that they're getting feedback from, you know, their boss or colleagues about how they're showing up. And, or it could be that, you know, they've been trying to get promoted and they, they're not getting promoted, or they could be in a role and they know that they're uncomfortable with some of the things that they need to do in the role. Like if they're a manager and they have to have difficult conversations with say an underperformer on their team, that's actually really common. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, you know, if you are a first time manager or even for people that have been managers for a long time, that can be really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so just, you know, helping them see what the cost of not having those conversations are getting at the root of, you know, what's standing in the way of them doing it. And then, you know, envisioning what do they need to do to make it happen? And the nice thing about coaching is just like if, you know, in sports, like you get to practice it outside of the game situation, right? So you get to practice um, the skills in um, a low risk environment until you get comfortable with it. And then you go into the, you know, the real thing and you do it there. And, and the nice thing too, I think for people is they know that they've got somebody in their corner. So they can come to me after the situation and let me know how it went. Like if it went well, great, we celebrate if um, it didn't go as well as they wanted to, and then we can figure out, okay, well, next time, let's, let's come up with a game plan for how you're gonna address it next time. But to answer the other part of your question about what's the difference between coaching and counseling, you know, if it's therapeutic counseling, like as a coach, I am certified, I've gotten trained in coaching methodology, I got a certification that's approved by the governing body of uh, professional coaching, the International Coach Federation, but I'm not a therapist. You know, I didn't, um, I think that with that kind of counseling, typically they're looking to um, kind of look back to see like what caused the problem and help people, you know, um, I guess get clarity about where it came from. I mean, I do a little bit of that in coaching, but mostly in coaching, we're really trying to identify the the thought patterns that get in the way of people doing the thing that, that they know they need to do. And it's really focused on taking action. I think a lot of times in, in counseling, it might, I mean, there's a lot of similarities, but, you know, obviously I'm not a therapist and I'm also not, you know, trained in identifying or diagnosing any kind of you know, mental, mental health issues. Mm -hmm. I will say though that a lot of people that I work with, they work with therapists, you know, mm -hmm. they, they might have a therapist and then they're also working with me more in a professional realm. 
Yeah, maybe this would uh, only happen if someone that you work with didn't have a therapist, but uh, do they do they sometimes bring up like their mental health issues? Because like being a manager in like a corporation sounds like a pretty high stress and like environment to deal with. Yeah. Um, so maybe they would bring it up to you since it's already on their mind about thinking about work. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I will tell you that I, I have some clients that, you know, kind of jokingly will say, you know, oh, I was telling my spouse today that I'm meeting with my my work therapist. And, you know, I, I'm not a therapist, but people sometimes feel because, you know, they come in, it's a safe environment, and they can, they can talk about the things that they're concerned with. And, you know, sometimes they are sort of like, just pouring out everything that's in their head, because they don't really have a safe place to talk about it. You know, sometimes they might have issues with their boss or maybe their boss isn't that supportive or their boss doesn't have a lot of time to talk to them about things that are going on. Or if their manager, they, if they are a manager, they can't, you know, kind of pour out their heart to their employees. It just, you know, it would sort of violate that, you know, like yeah, supervisory authority. Too, probably. Yeah. It would be awkward. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with people as human beings, right. But we're doing it with the intention that they're going to take action. That's going to help them in their job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think I'm starting to see the similarities and differences between coaching and counseling. You know, I, I would say too, that, you know, not everybody is a good candidate for coaching. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes people really need therapy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. if they if they um you know, if they're not able to function, if they're really um depressed or they they do have some kind of issue, you know, if they've got ADHD or they've I'm not saying that somebody with ADHD couldn't have Yeah, um, no, of course, coaching. Yeah, coaching, yeah. But if they've got an underlying issue that isn't being treated, coaching's not going to help. Right. But if if they or say they're bipolar or something like that, you know, if somebody has a psychiatrist or psychologist or therapist that's working with them and they've identified their you know mental health, if they're depressed or whatever, and they're on an antidepressant. Great. Right. Then we can you know, if that's stabilized, we can work on their professional issues at work, you know, but um, I wouldn't you know, if somebody has underlying issues, they really need to make sure that those are taken care of first. And then once they're stabilized, we can kind of work on whatever issues they have at work. Yeah. Did you ever have to turn someone away or like suggest that they, that coaching might not be the route for them, uh, whether they um, had mental health issues or not, just as in general? Um, yes. There have been some people that I've spoken with that I did not think were good um, candidates for coaching because I thought that their issues were, they were deeper than yeah. their unhappiness at work. <laughs> mm -hmm. That makes total sense. I can definitely yeah. see that. Are, are these like sessions then that you have like similar to counseling where you have like hour long sessions? And I also just want to know too, like how long is the average person there to be coached for? Or is it just... Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it's different for everyone. Well, I mean, the way that my um, engagements work is that I will work with somebody like a new client at a minimum for uh, 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason why is because, you know, it takes a while to get to know somebody and there needs to be some commitment 
right? Like coming in and meeting with me for an hour. I mean, certainly I've had clients that, you know, they feel better after our first session, right? But if they've got longer term goals, one session's not going to do it, right? Like we just need to get to know each other. We need to get clarity on what their goals are. We need to come up with that game plan. And so it typically will take some time. Um, when I first start working with people, I usually meet with them once a week for the first month. And then that helps us just get sort of like the um, foundation of our our coaching relationship laid. And then typically in the second and third months, we'll just go to a biweekly um, mm -hmm. cadence. And, um, and then, you know, when we're done with the 12 weeks, we just decide at that point, whether we want to continue, whether they want to sign up for another 12 weeks, if they want to go month to month, if they want to just, you know, reach out to me when they need uh, a sounding board, it really depends on what their situation is. I mean, I have some clients that I've worked with for um, more than two years. Mm -hmm. um, I've had people that I've worked with for, you know, three or six months and then they'll go away and they come back, you know, a year later because they're running into new challenges. Um, so it, you know, it just really depends on uh, what each person's situation is, you know, cause I, I don't mm -hmm. have like a cookie cutter program. I, it, everything is really customized to each person and what their, their needs are. And at the uh, corporation level, I'm really unfamiliar with this, but do you um, go into the office and like you have your own office there and then you see clients on like a rotating schedule? No, I meet with people um, almost exclusively by phone or by Zoom. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. Even uh, pre-COVID? Um, you know, pre-COVID, I mean, I have clients all over the country and um Pre-COVID, I did have some clients that were, you know, maybe in neighboring towns to mm -hmm. where um, to where I live, and so uh, we would sometimes meet at a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just nice to see each other face to face. But um, obviously, with COVID, everything went 100% um, virtual. Yeah. And and it works. It works fine. And in some ways, I think it actually works better than being together in person. Because I think, and honestly, I also think that sometimes it works better talking to somebody on the phone than it does on Zoom, because some of the topics that we, that we talk about are, you know, it takes some introspection, it, some, sometimes it can be a little heavy because people are, you know, starting to, you know, maybe have some realizations about how they're showing up or, um, you know, there's a lot of aha moments. Yeah, and, sure. um I think sometimes just people being able, you know, like we, we can hear each other, but I think sometimes the visual can get in the way of people, you know, really thinking fully, right. Cause it's just one more thing that kind of distracts them or they might, you know, if they're really like deep in thought and I'm like looking at them, <laughs> um, yeah. that it's just a different experience than if we're just talking mm -hmm. without that distraction. But, you know, I've, I leave it up to my clients about whether they want to meet by zoom or by phone. And I'd say it's probably about 50, 50. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, Cause I think someone I was talking to was saying that they had like an office in a corporation in like New York city or something, but I'm not sure if that was uh, I, I didn't know really whether it was done over zoom phone call or in person or in the uh, office of the corporation. 
Yeah, um, I mean, I think I know that some companies actually will have in-house coaches or they will hire an executive coach to, you know, coach, you know, a certain group of executives and, you know, it might make sense to go, go in and just like you said, like have an office and just have people sort of rotating in. Mm -hmm. And if I had, if I was doing um, a large engagement or, you know, any, any kind of engagement with a company and I had, you know, say five or 10 executives, that would make sense, right? Yeah. For me to just go in for a day and sit there and meet with people in person. Um, but I work with you, you know, right now I don't have like one engagement with a company. I'm working with people in a lot of different companies and a lot of different states. Mm -hmm. um, so this, this works really nicely to, yeah. and honestly, I mean, over the last year, I was so thankful that, <laughs> that I had a job that I could just, you know, sit yeah, in my house this. and <laughs> yeah. Yeah, didn't impact me really at all no yeah which is great uh and so I'm, I'm guessing all of this in uh coaching is done individually or do you ever do groups um i don't do groups you know there are workshops that i do and sometimes like coming out of the workshop i'll coach people individually Mm -hmm. but you know just to reinforce whatever the training is um but i don't really do group coaching yeah but I, I know a lot of people do actually I, I a lot of my my friends who are coaching coaches will do group coaching mm -hmm. but I just have found that I like the individual coaching and I haven't really I'm not offering it so I guess that's why nobody wants to do it <laughs> yeah. uh, that was going to be my other question too actually do you ever uh talk with other coaches about ways in which um you can maybe help them or they can help you with uh, yeah. individuals? Yeah, um, I went through a coach training program with about 40 other people. They, you know, mm -hmm. they were in my, the training program was about six months. And I went through with mostly the same people over the, the six months. And, you know, we got to be very close. I mean, you, you really, when you're learning to be a coach, you're coaching other people and other people are coaching you on real things in your life. And so you really get to know people on a pretty intimate level. So I made some really, really great friends going through that program. And in fact, when I, um, for the first, you know, two and a half years or so after I got out of the program, I was in a mastermind with several other coaches that went through the same coaching program that I did. And that was super helpful. Um, on a number of fronts, you know, just both from an entrepreneurial standpoint, like, you know, running the business and getting ideas from each other and supporting each other as we were growing our businesses. Mm -hmm. um, but also just having, you know, people that are, you know, in the same profession to reach out to if, you know, if there's a difficult client or a situation that, you know, you're having a hard time figuring out what to do. Um, and then actually, there's a there's a Facebook, a private Facebook group for people that went through the coach training program that I did. And I don't, I don't, you know, I'll go out and kind of look at it every once in a while. And, and I will occasionally see people, um, you know, putting questions out there to the group about, you know, obviously it's, it's uh, anonymous who the client is, but if they've got yeah. questions or, you know, sometimes they might, have somebody that they run across that's not a good fit for them but they're looking for a coach that maybe has experience with you know yeah. something specific that they want to match that person up with yeah yeah that's uh that makes total sense 
And for the most part, do you uh, give the the person that you're coaching goals or do they kind of set it up for you and then you work with that or is it different for each person? Um, we co-create their goals because, you know, I can't know what's important to them, <laughs> yeah. you know, mm -hmm. um, I, I will, I mean, you know, it's interesting because typically when somebody is seeking a coach, it's because they've tried things to reach their goal um, or they're stuck in a place and they're not happy and they don't know what to do differently. Mm -hmm. Right. So my, um, I guess, you know, my goal is to come in and help them get clarity about what's going on and what they might need to do differently to be the way that they want to be. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I have sort of a, uh, a list of questions that I go through when I first am meeting somebody that is exploring whether they want to work with me and vice versa. Um, and it, it's really about me understanding, okay, like, where are you now? Like, where would you like to be? What's standing in the way of you getting there? Um, you know, what, what do you believe is going to be better for you once you get to that goal? Um, and you know, sometimes people aren't, aren't really clear on that, but that's, that's the beauty of coaching. You know, you get trained on how to help people to extract that from inside of themselves, right? Yeah. There's, there's a, there's a lot of defense mechanisms that we all have or coping mechanisms that we have just to sort of go through life every day and kind of protect ourselves from disappointment or judgment or criticism or whatever and sometimes those coping mechanisms can actually be the thing that trips us up yeah you know from really being able to take risks and you know step out of like a present uncomfortable place you know outside the comfort zone into something that might be the path to get us to a better place yeah absolutely and this is kind of a, a difficult question but do you ever tell people that maybe uh, the job that they're at is maybe not a good fit for them? <laughs> um, well, <laughs> I, I try not to, you know, make pronouncements, but what my job is, is in many ways to hold up a mirror. Like if somebody is, if I'm asking questions and somebody is telling me something, I'll just reflect it back to them and say, well, what I hear you saying is, you know, yeah. X, Y, Z. And I might say, um, you know, it, it sounds like you're not very happy in this role. Right. And, and that can a lot of times sort of open the floodgates of like how they're really feeling. Yeah. And, you know, I'll ask them questions like, well, if, you know, if you're not happy in this, what would you rather be doing? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I can't, I mean, they'd have to be pretty obvious, you know, like almost coming out and saying, I hate my job and I really want to leave it for me to come out and say, well, what I'm hearing you say is you really hate your job and you really want to leave it. Right. But I'm going to say that I'm going to like reflect to them what I'm hearing. I don't want to sway them in a direction that maybe they're not ready to go, you know, and it's, it's something as a coach that it's really important not to, you know, to be kind of um, respectful Mm -hmm. And not kind of come in and like make an assumption that I know what they need to do, because it's yeah. not about me. It's mm -hmm. I'm just the guide to help mm -hmm. them 
you know, find their own unique and authentic path for themselves. Yeah. Um, I, I also, you know, and, and I, oh, go ahead. Oh, go, uh, I was just going to say, I also feel like if, if this thought ever did cross your mind, it'd probably be one of the last ones. Uh, it definitely wouldn't be the first thing that you would think, uh, like, oh, maybe this isn't for you. That seems like, like not, uh, not even wanting to try or anything. Or, uh, well, I mean, I, I, I'm not, sometimes roles that people are in are not a good fit. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying like, I, I think that sometimes whenever I'm talking with somebody, I think, I don't think this is a good fit. That's what I think. Yeah. Right. But I don't say it because it's not my place to say it. It's their, it's their place to decide what they want to do. And I don't know what people's like full motivations are. Mm -hmm. Right. Some people value stability, you know, and they don't really care if they're not challenged or if they're bored or whatever. Other people, you know, they have different values. They have different expectations of what they want to get out of their job. And, you know, I, again, like I said, I, I really try to be careful about, you know, asking questions and listening and reflecting that back so the person can get more clarity themselves. And a lot of times, you know, a lot of times maybe a job really isn't a good fit at all, but it's too scary for the person to like blurt out, I hate my job and I want to quit, right? Mm -hmm. That, um, that's, that can be really scary because, yeah. you know, if, if they're, they don't have any other means of support or, and they can't imagine what they're going to do differently, it would be it would be really scary and it would be presumptuous of me to come in and be like, you just need to quit that job. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like that's um, sometimes that's what they decide to do. Yeah. But, you know, once they've sort of, you know, in some ways maybe explored like, okay, well, if I was going to quit my job, like, what would I do? Mm -hmm. You know, what's it, you really have to build that roadmap a little bit more towards, you know, okay, I've decided I don't like my job, but what would I do instead? okay, now I'm starting to think of something I would do. How would I get there? Would you um, go through that with uh, people? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I go through all of that with them. I, I mean, I go wherever they want to go, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and um, you know, honestly, it's funny because I've worked with a lot of people who in the beginning of our conversation, it's about them trying to be happier at work or deal with some of the issues that they're dealing with at work. And as we start doing that you know and they kind of get out of the feeling of like being like on the hamster wheel you know just mm -hmm. running as fast as they can and not getting anywhere like once they start to um i i talk a lot about helping people find the leverage points at work so that you know they're not having to like just grind it out every day but they're finding ways that they can you know with less effort have more impact mm -hmm. um and you know things things like time management, delegation, you know, building process, stuff like that can help people have more impact without working as hard. But a lot of times people, they don't, they're kind of afraid to take the time to build that or to look for that, right? Because they feel so much pressure to just like execute right now. But sometimes just taking a little bit of time to, to plan or, you know, to, explore a different way of doing something can actually make them more efficient um, pretty quickly. 
Mm -hmm. uh, but what I've seen is that once people start to feel like they're a little bit more in control at work and they get some perspective on what's going on, I've seen, I have seen a lot of people decide that they wanted to leave their job. Um, not everybody. I mean, a lot mm -hmm. of people are like, they, maybe they start out thinking they want to leave their job. And then once they learn skills about how to be more effective, they actually fall back in love with their job. Yeah, I can see it going both ways, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. And it's, it's funny, because I've worked with people through the whole cycle. Like I've worked with, you know, I have one client that I'm working with now who, um, when she first came to me, it was, she wasn't getting along with, um, she was in marketing, and she wasn't getting along with the or I'm not saying she wasn't getting along. She didn't have as good of a relationship with the head of sales as she felt like she needed to. And she mm -hmm. wasn't sure what to do differently. And so we started working together. Um, the company went through a round of layoffs and she lost her job. So then we worked together on um, job search and then she got another job. <laughs> and then we worked together at her new job just to help her, you know, kind of get up to speed and, and set herself up for success. So, you know, we, we can pivot depending on what the the client's needs are yeah absolutely and were there any questions that you wanted me to ask you uh, in specific um, that i didn't cover already well no not really um but you know one little sometimes people will ask me like what what kind of advice do you have for people or what you know if you could leave somebody with a you know last minute you know idea or whatever mm -hmm. um the thing that i I really try to inspire everybody to recognize is that you deserve to be happy. And, you know, we don't have to sort of contort ourselves to fit into a particular box that if we um, really value ourselves and we are kind of like with ourselves and we recognize that we've got unique gifts and we honor that and we, and we like kind of start from the space of like, you're worthy of being happy, it can really open up a lot of avenues to um, possibilities and opportunities. And I think that if we can look at the world that way, like it's full of possibilities rather than, you know, feeling like it's limited. And, you know, because a lot of times I'll talk with people and they'll just be like, oh, there aren't that many jobs out there and people are getting laid off. And, you know, and, okay, maybe, maybe that's true. Um, but there's always an exception to the rule. And if we kind of honor ourselves and really respect what we have to offer the world and try to find opportunities to do that, that's generally where people are both successful and happy. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I just would encourage everybody to like honor yourself and think yeah. about what, what gifts you have to offer. Yeah, no, I really like that. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. And this is uh, my last question. It's kind of a uh, ironic one in a way, but do you like your role as a coach? I love my role as a coach. There is absolutely nothing better. Um, when, when I'm working with somebody, I mean, here's the thing that's so great about what I do is like I said at the beginning, I'm working with people that are successful, but not satisfied. So I'm working with people that are smart, they're well-educated, they've had success in their lives and they've, you know, just hit a stumbling block. And a lot of times when they do hit a stumbling block, their, their confidence starts to wane a little bit. And if I can come in and help somebody regain their confidence and remember that, you know, they've been successful, they've overcome a lot of obstacles and they can do it again, 
there is nothing better than when somebody has that aha moment and they find that like well of optimism to get up, brush themselves off and, you know, find that path that's going to take them forward. I just feel really honored to, you know, kind of be, be part of people being happier and being, you know, kind of stepping into their full potential. Yeah. It's, it's probably very satisfying and rewarding when, uh, your uh, clients have those uh, aha moments and everything. Uh, yeah, you know you've done a good job at that point. Yeah, it. it and they it have really too. Exciting. Yeah, it's it's super exciting. The only thing that's sad about it is that like when they've met their goal, a lot of times it's like, okay, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah and that's then it's true. Like, and I really, you know, I really like my clients, and it's yeah, it's I'm nice sure. to be able to talk to them. Um, but you know, it's sort of like, I mean. I'm I'm a parent, and I think in some ways it's sort of like you know when your kids fly the fly the nest, right? Like when they're ready to go off on their own. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, I think it's kind of the same thing. Like it's not meant to be forever. It's just meant to be, you know, to help somebody in a in a in their time of need, and then they rediscover their their energy and their abilities, and they go and they use them, and that's that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. No. Definitely. Terry, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate the insights on coaching. I really didn't know much about this beforehand. Uh, and even in this short, like 30 minute conversation, I feel like I've gained a lot of knowledge on what coaching is, uh, especially executive coaching. So uh, yeah, thank you so much again. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me, Liam. More information about this podcast or some of life in general can be found on Instagram at some of life official or on Twitter at some of life tweets. And also, please don't forget to give this show a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you did enjoy it. Again, it helps the show tremendously. And the show really is sponsored by you guys. And that is probably the easiest way to help. And for full information on some of life, you can go to someoflife.org. Thank you to each and every one of you for listening and continuing to listen as we continue to grow. And I will talk to you guys very soon. I'll see you.